So anyway, so I, I said, you know, if that's what you want, oh, you're on. Well, there we are. No end to the excitement, isn't it? Monday morning. Everybody hates Monday morning. I've decided I like Monday morning, but I'm not liking this morning. Because it's blooming dark outside. But luckily, the streets are empty. At least Leicester Square is quiet. So all the way in on the car this morning, we're talking about um, lap dancing clubs. How we got onto lap dancing clubs, I've got no idea. Not a clue. We talk about the oddest things sometimes coming in. And uh, it was very entertaining. So we've come to the conclusion that you wouldn't want to pay to go in there. You wouldn't want to. They used to operate uh, clubs in Soho. Well, I say clubs. They were bars. Uh, We used to call them years ago clip joints because they would clip the customers or fleece joints. And you would go in there and a girl would come and sit next to you. I mean, generally speaking, they were rough as old dogs. I mean, they really were. It's only because all the places were bathed in red light. And I don't know if you've ever discovered that if you change all the light bulbs in your house for red lights, A... Uh, you look ten times better, and B, your neighbours will think you're running a brothel. So if you do that, it works a treat. So everybody under red light looks great. That's why lap dancers look fantastic. See them out in the day, because there are thousands working in London. And I see no evidence of them on the street at all. Because when you see them out on the street, you suddenly realise how dog-rough most of them are. They really, woof, woof, it's Battersea Dog's Home for beginners. It's terrible. But we were, we were talking about you know, how much money they make. And they used to operate these clip joints in Soho and they would entice men in. Hi, you want to come in? Meet a nice girl. And you'd sit down and what the punters didn't realise, and they used to fleece tourists left, right and centre, was that they didn't have any licences for drinks. So all they could serve you was soft drinks or something masquerading as something. So we'd say, would like a bottle of champagne? I'd like to share a bottle of champagne with me? And, uh, and they would sort of basically come on to the guys. And the guys would then be present. I remember a classic case because we mentioned it. Uh, and they used to have lots of heavy bouncers on the door. So if anybody got funny about how much their drinks bill was, they got marched to the cash point and you didn't argue with these guys. And I think one guy went in there. He had a bottle of champagne. His bill was 3,750 quid. Because they said, well, you, you talk to two girls and they charge it £500 for half an hour or whatever it is. And then the bottle of champagne was £1,000 and then you had some soft drinks for the girls. And so it added up and they marched him to the cash point. And so the police gradually started closing them all down. Very interesting. Anyway, so that was, that was this morning's conversation, which I like. Uh, Anthony will be back with you next week. And we've got loads of things to get through this morning, including uh, more and more of you have managed to go to... Uh, the YouTube site, and have a look at those lovely pictures down at Terry's place. Uh, that's Terry Moore and the Snow Leopards, which is fantastic. And, in fact, if you go to YouTube and type in Steve Allen Snow Leopard, up will come uh, a little series of photos that we did the other day down near Wellin. And uh, they're looking for people to go down there and volunteer and help. He's the, I call him, the man who breeds snow leopards. And it's got lovely pictures of me holding the snow leopards. Really gorgeous, really gorgeous. So it's on YouTube, and there's a link back there onto the Steve Allen Show, site of which there will be something of interest for Bank Holiday Monday. That's all I can tell you. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. We try and get uh, as much in as possible. And my roving reporter in South Africa, Lynn, says, I managed to log in today and picked up your update. Since my last email... She said, I've driven over 1,000 kilometres after travelling west to Knessa, or is it Nicer, Nicer, for two days, then on to my friend Tim and uh, Maria's summer house in Glentana. Nice pictures, very nice. Nice pictures from the bedroom deck, I have to be honest. And every day, schools of bottlenose dolphins going up and down the ocean, surfing the waves. Places like paradise, she says. Don't get too happy with it, because you're coming home very shortly. And uh, the weather, unusually hot. 
She says on Thursday it was 37 degrees. Now back uh, in Constantia before flying back on Tuesday. Tonight off to a winery. Very nice for dinner and watching the sunset over stunning views of the valley. Talking of M&S, they're also out here, says Lynn, and they've got fab food too. Any difference is their trading name out here is Woolworths. Yes, M&S is called Woolworths in South Africa because they, they did a tie-up deal together. So M&S and Woolworths are the same thing. Interesting, isn't it? See, but none of you knew that this morning. That's the first thing you're going to learn on the programme. Here's a lovely picture of one of the snow leopards. Bless them, honestly. They really are absolutely gorgeous. You just want to take one home, you really do. So we'll talk about that a bit later. But do go and check it out on YouTube, because it's, it's worth, worth checking out. Lovely pictures, lovely pictures. And uh, a very nice day out was had by all. Papers this morning. I know Anthony's already uh, wandered through, so we have to wander through again. Yesterday... It was Jade Goody, and today it's Jade Goody, because they're saying it's, it's not that far away. They're saying it's not that far away. Uh, although, strangely, her uncle says in one of the... Her, her granddad says that he, uh, he was with her the other day and wanted to talk to her, but she was unconscious. But they can still hear. I think people still hear. That's the last sense to go. Uh, she's planned the funeral, which we told you about yesterday. Uh, it's with uh, this company in Bermondsey. And today they've got pictures in the papers, Jade is ready to die. But, I mean, without sort of pouring, pouring scorn on it, I remember reading this the other week on the front page of the paper. It said, Jade, hours to go. Well, she's, she's clung on in there. You ought to want to go. She will t- spend more time sleeping, because that's how it works, because of all the morphine. The story that's absolutely got me not, not annoyed this morning. I just feel a bit sad and sorry for that thick plank, which is Kerry Katona. Because yesterday we were telling us, and she told everyone on her Facebook, but there again... You're never too sure where her head is, are you? And she's going, that's it, me and Mark are getting a divorce, because she's a class act, and uh, we're going to get a divorce. Where's my money gone? Where's my millions? Well, I had no idea at all, I'm afraid. No, let's get a hanky. But, um, and, and then today in the paper, they're back together again. They're holding hands. Pals are furious. As the broke star lets the hubby return, he stayed the night after a four-day split. The trouble is, you look at it, you can understand A, why he left, because she looks A, dog rough, B, about a million years old. Uh, Secondly, I mean, can you imagine a scenario? Okay, imagine a scenario. I'm not saying this is it, I'm saying imagine a scenario. That you get a celebrity who is known for her, her love of either being drunk or taking things which maybe she shouldn't have done over the years... Uh, and that's why it made me laugh. She said, where's all my money gone? I thought, well, I don't think they give receipts, dear. I don't think they give... You know, unless you ask nicely, you know. A drug dealer, two bags of Coke and, uh, and some speed. Uh, some whiz and, if, you know, total amount of 1750 I'll stamp that paid for you, shall I? Now, imagine the scenario. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors with Kerry Katona. To be honest with you, I really couldn't give a forex. But I reckon he does. And I reckon he said to her, listen... Either let me back in, or I'm going to blow your case wide apart. I'm going to tell them everything. Because if anybody knows everything about her, it's got to be the bloke who's been shacked up with her for a little while. Admittedly, he's not a very nice piece of work either. So two not very nice pieces of work kind of go together. And I reckon he said to okay, you'll be out holding my hand, all right? Because otherwise, I'm going to tell him everything. Because in this picture, he's smiling. She looks, well, I mean, just... Just naff. You'd think somebody who apparently had earned millions would have a decent wardrobe. I mean, I'm looking at somebody here who looks like they've been dressed by, I don't, I don't know what. Somebody with no sense of imagining. Revolting, f- ugly jeans, a horrible, dirty old coat, and somebody's tea cosy on her head. And that's Kerry Katona for you.
Bit of a shame, but back together. Frankly, Kerry, we're all so bloody bored with you, dear. I wish you'd go away. I really wish you'd go away. Uh, Paul Gascoigne has told for the first time how he died three times whilst in rehab. And you want me to feel what about that? I'm afraid I can't feel anything about Paul Gascoigne at all. Uh, medics failed, or sort of battled to revive the star after his heart failed as he was trying to shake off alcohol addiction. You know, I'm bored with blooming celebrities and their alcohol addiction. I'm bored with celebrities and their addiction. I've earned so much money, I did cocaine for 20 years, and I'm now telling you about it because I've run out of money and I need to have a living. I'm terribly sorry. I was a complete and utter waste of space. I was crap, but luckily I drank myself nearly to death, and I'm telling you about it for money. It's ridiculous. Oh, that everybody else in the real world could do this. I'm quite sure that people around here go, listen, I work my little socks off 24 hours a day and then I got mugged on the way home. Anybody give me money? No, not remotely interested. Drink yourself to death and we might buy the story. But apart from that, we're really not interested at all. Uh, Coronation Street. I missed it this week. I did miss it. I did see the dreadfully unfunny uh, Horn and Corden. They were turning up on Channel 4. God, they're unfunny. I've forgotten how boringly naff they were. And all we get from poor... Who's the woman who does it? Not not, not Michaela. Mc, Mc, who's the girl who does the interviewing on Channel 4? Makita. I, I did look at Makita the other day, and I've said it before. She's so inarticulate and so stupid. You begin to wonder where she thinks her career's going. If Channel 4 dropped her tomorrow... I doubt she better get a gig anywhere because she can't articulate. She can't do anything. She sits there and it's like, yeah, because I because we've got like the two of the biggest like working people. Apparently, all Chul Channel Four presenters, mainly in their late thirties, have to sort of talk like that because it's like down with the kids and down on the street. They're also bloody ancient, but it's so embarrassing watching them. And she was doing this interview with them the other day and bigging them up so much and saying you've got this great film out. And I'm thinking, have you read the reviews, love? The f- every reviewer has called it the biggest pile of doggy poo that they've ever seen. Un. Funny. They were unfunny on the Brits. They were unf- the only thing they're funny on is Gavin and Stacey. They're working into a script. Unfortunately, two deeply, deeply unattractive people. You could understand it if one of them was at least good-looking, but God in heaven. Not funny at all, I'm afraid. Uh, but strangely enough, even Shelley Vision today says Corden has just become irritating. And they all think that if you shout, it becomes funny. And it just doesn't, I'm afraid. It really doesn't. I did watch last night the strictly dancing on the uh, on the ice thing and uh, much as though i think he's desperately unattractive uh, little ray quinn who i'm really irritated with because he's one of those annoying little gits that you could literally hold under the bathwater but he's actually very 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 good he's too good to be on that program he made colleen look like one of those uh, beached whales that we had recently floating i mean this woman couldn't look graceful if you sort of, you know, hacked half a stone off her body. She just looked like a fat lump going round the ice. It's not her fault. She can't help it. That's have, And I'm sure, you might have to tell me this, when they cut to the audience, Philip Schofield, who's about as big as a, a Thumbelina, I mean, he's re- if ever you've seen Philip Schofield, you think he's very tall. He ain't. He's tiny. And, and you go and, and he was there and standing in the audience. They had Zoe Salmon. Hi, here. And Zoe Salmon, who's just all teeth and, and very little talent, I'm afraid as she demonstrated quite badly on Blue Peter, was sitting behind, I thought, Heather Mills. And I'm looking at it thinking, is that real? I'm, I'm trying to cast my mind back to her previous occupation and thinking, we've, we've really come somewhere, haven't we, now? You stick any old thing on the television. And I'm convinced it was Heather Mills. Totally convinced. 
But Ray Quinn was very, very, very good. I mean, he'd put his heart and soul into it. And, and quite clearly, he was streets ahead of everybody else. I mean, but apparently now the story's in the papers that the bullies used to call him sissy, but it toughened him up. He's having the last laugh. No, he's still sissy, I'm afraid. It doesn't help. But he's certainly the best skater that I've ever seen on the television uh, in the celebrity bracket, if indeed he is a celebrity. 16 past five. Is the headlines. Josef Fritzl appears in court in Austria later, accused of keeping his daughter prisoner for 24 years and forcing her to have his children. Two 18-year-olds died violently in London over the weekend. One was stabbed to death in Walthamstow, another shot in the neck in Haringey. In a report out this morning, ministers will be told by their chief health officers to increase the price of alcohol, but are likely to say no. And Gazza's been telling Sky News last year's rumours he died were closer to the truth than people realised. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. If you're heading into Oakwood, Bramford. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. I see that uh, training standards have now got to add to all the other rubbish they pick up. Thousands and thousands and thousands of sticks of rock. They raided shops in um, Blackpool, which had the names of premiership teams running through them. And they've got them in the colour of Everton, uh, Liverpool, Manchester United. And they say it breached trademark rules. So, in other words, you can't actually have that because they say, I'm terribly sorry. And they've obviously been doing it for years. You know, you go up there and you buy a stick of Blackpool rock and it's got Everton through it or Man United, and you bring it back home again. Of course, if they sold the rock in the Man United shop, you'd probably buy it, because they wouldn't waste time with it. They'd rather waste their time sending their minions out to go and make sure that nobody's buying a stick of pound rock. I mean, for God's sake, really. I mean, it's so pathetic. It's almost as pathetic as the good burgers of uh, a little place called Worth Matravers in Dorset. Graffiti has been painted... Apparently, in Worth Matravers, this little seaside village, uh, the cafe and craft shop uh, closed because nobody used them. And so a developer bought them, uh, knocked them down, and has put up some luxury houses. And locals, and you can tell by the graffiti that they're not, they're not kids doing this, these are middle-aged elderly people, have daubed no more second homes, greed, and go away. On these houses. Well, no no kid is going to write greed, are they? They're going to write something like, well, anything. They're, not, they're just not going to know the word greed. They're not going to write no more second homes or go away. So that's been written across new walls and driveways because the locals down there say uh, we wanted some affordable houses for local people. Why? Why do you want affordable houses? Are you bone idle? Are you lazy? Surely I would have thought that you would welcome the idea that somebody would come in and buy these houses, which would then revitalise the area. The locals down there, they're a bit they're a bit snooty. They don't want that kind of thing, do they? They don't want local people. They, they don't want outsiders. They don't want people to have second homes. But I was going to buy one down there. I, I thought I'd go down there and buy two and, uh, and paint it bright pink and put a huge flag on the roof going, Locals, go away, you boring little twerps. But uh, the cafe and the craft shop didn't do the business, so somebody quite rightly bought it. Put up some nice homes, obviously got a, got a great view. One villager said of the graffiti, it reflects the ill feeling against this development. We knew they would not be affordable houses for local people. Well, strangely enough, in this little ghost village, 60% of the 174 properties are holiday homes. So quite clearly, local people aren't interested, because if they were, they'd be staying there. But most young people, they go, why would we want to stay here? Let's get out. Without thinking long term, you know, let's build a, a fish and ship shop, let's put up this, let's put up that. 
that that would be the thing to do. But they don't. They just go and daub graffiti. I'm sorry. I I'm, you know, I just don't understand why. You wouldn't want outside money to boost an area. I know it's very nice to live in this idyllic place, and I'm, I'm the first person to complain about that new development. It's only four houses. Not exactly a development, is it? Four houses have gone up. You think the locals would be pleased? Somebody coming in with a bit of money who could perhaps keep the village shop going. Because most of the locals at one don't use the village shop. Well, you never used the craft shop either, did you? And also, people with second homes don't live there. They just own them and they rent them out during the season. But also, if somebody's prepared to spend 465,000 quid, that's their business. I think the locals should mind their business. Got bugger all to do with you, what we do with our money. It's like somebody going, you know, it's like people buying, I don't know, buying a car. You shouldn't have bought that car, you should have bought British. Mind your own business. Just stick your nose in somebody else's business. I might go down there, actually, and take a group of friends and just have wild parties and not invite the locals. Just to really, or failing that, open up a craft shop but keep it permanently closed and just say, I'm sorry, it's closed because things are too expensive for locals because you need affordable craft shops, don't you? Like affordable housing. <laughs> it's probably a horrible place in it anyway. Can't think of any worse. Um, Patricia, no, we didn't. Uh, another one here. Oops, hang on. Open, click, open, clip. Uh, many of these clip joints have now vanished, says Martin, but the real problem is unlicensed sex shops. Once these shops have been outlawed, then Soho will be a much better place. Oh, I agree with you. They are trying to close down. They really are trying to close down. Westminster Council have said... And to be honest with you, I don't want to paint too fine a picture of it, but there's no need for anybody to go in a sex shop. You don't ever need to go in a sex shop. No matter what you need, A, if it's uh, a a gadget that makes vibrating noises, you can probably win it on LBC, and uh, and other things you you can buy on the internet. If you're into porn, if that's your thing, then you go onto the internet and you can download just about anything you want now. You don't need to be embarrassed and go out and go, do you have any uh, <coughs> top, top shelf stuff? Top shelf. And it's, it's mainly, for some reason, it's always been the old men, isn't it? You've got anything, you know, ladies with their, their bits hanging out, you know, stuff like that. You've got that? You've got that. Stockings. Stockings are like stockings. You know, now you go on the internet, you've only got to type in stockings, it's a whole new world. Not that I'm into stockings, I'm just mentioning it as passing things. If any young people are listening at the moment, they go, really? You can do that. I mean, we used to get National Geographic magazine just for women with big jugs, because they'd be walking around, you know, with these big jugs on their shoulders, catching the, uh, the water and stuff like that on their heads. And I used to love them, I used to think that's quite nice. And I th- used to think, my oh, God, you must be really strong, because I, I, I tried lifting some of these jugs these sizes, and you can't do it. You cannot do it. Steve is a cabbie. I can empathise with Kerry Katona's husband, who's done well to get off the rank and become a celebrity. He's a druggie, you stupid man. He's a druggie. He's not a cabbie off the rank. Don't talk drivel, honestly. Always another one there. Saddos, isn't it? People should give them a break. I feel sorry for them now they've got no money. I laughed. I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. I couldn't be happy. I can't wait for the house to be repossessed. I'm looking forward to that, because I'm looking forward to her paying her tax bill. I'm really looking forward. The rest of us have to pay our tax bill. Why should this fat, bloated old has-been not have to pay her tax bill as well? Good on her. Come on, let's get her into prison. Let's get her into prison much nicer. Have you ever seen Shipwrecked? Says Stephen Onset. No, I haven't. No. I know what it is. It's an island show, isn't it, where they get together a, a load of stupid people who don't work, and then they go, do you want to go and live on an island? And they go, yeah. And then they all start fighting. And then, then they don't fight, and then somebody gets voted off, and then you're in different teams. I mean, not that I've ever watched the programme, I know anything about it, but I know that you end up with a nice tan after a, after a little while. I wouldn't do anything like that. Why would you want to do a programme like that? It just encourages bad behaviour and drinking. That's all it does, really. Uh, other stories of the papers today. Uh, Prince Charles has uh, appealed to the Sun 
to help save the Earth. Don't you just love the Barmies? We're going to save the world. Fantastic. And what are you going to do about it? Uh, well, I'm going to come up with a tincture that I'm going to charge people £10 for. It's absolutely a load of old rubbish. But if I can get ten quid for it, that's good. Oh, we're going to save the planet. Love it. Chris Tarrant has been questioned about uh, an incident at his home, a domestic incident, taken to Staines Police Station. You poor soul, it's a horrible place, Staines Police Station. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. Here's... I used to live in Staines. I know Staines Police Station. Well, Bruce, you don't have to be in the police station to know what it is. It's a police station. It's got nick, 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 nick all over the place. Police stations. We love them. Mind you, Richmond Police Station is funny. Twickenham Police Station is quite nice. It's quite modern, mainly because they've closed all the other ones down. Richmond's going to be closed down as well. And they're going to turn it into flats, I believe. Fantastic, isn't it? What do we need more on the streets? Police. What do we have? What have we got? Flats. Mind you, I mean, people could come to Richmond and buy a holiday home, couldn't they? Why does a holiday home have to be by the sea? Why can't you have it by Richmond? We've got the Thames that runs through the middle there. We've got, we've got a fish and chip shop. You can buy a... Can you buy a doner kebab? Do you know, I don't think you can in Richmond. That's the one thing I noticed about Paris. Hardly any revolting fast food places. Consequently, hardly any pigeons. You see, where you, where you get fast food places and the disgusting stuff they turn out, um, you get pigeons because people drop it on the floor. Uh, we didn't see any drunks. We saw loads of crooks over there. Loads of crooks in Paris, and you have to download Sunday's programme. We tell you all about it. It's well worth it, I promise you, well worth it. For as little as £2 a month, you too can be suitably entertained. 84850. Uh, Pete says, you were talking about Yellowstone Park a few days ago. Did you watch the programme? Well, I was talking about it because that was the DVD that I had. It's the, the DVD is out of the pro- So I've seen all of them. I've seen all of them. And it's really good, very, very nice. By the way, I wish I'd gone to this... Um, model programme in America. Apparently there were riots. Absolute riots. A stampede. 10,000 girls queued for auditions for that TV show, America's Next Top Model. I've only watched a bit of it. It's okay as, as reality shows go. But it's, have you noticed that's all we've got on telly now? Reality shows. There's nothing else, is there? A few naff celebrities go for a jog up Kilimanjaro because, as we told you yesterday, and all the experts have said, walking up Kilimanjaro is roughly the equivalent to walking up the Peak District. It's not difficult it's not complicated. All you need to get over is a little bit of a chill. Bearing in mind there were 132 porters that went with these people. Uh, the, the walk up there is so simple, you can do it in high heels. It's that easy. This is LBC 97. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 21, 2, three. Mickey Mouse coming into Pluto. Pluto is at 20, 26, no, 25, 28 minutes to 6. Used to be a guy on the radio years ago. He could never tell the time, and it used to wind people up. But he became notoriously famous for for, for incorrectly reading the clock. And he'd sit there and go, "It's twenty-five to six, seven, twenty-two, eight. It's and he would do this about four times. And he was in all seriousness. I mean, I wasn't sure it's because he couldn't read the clock, but you do tend to find here. And I've got three clocks, and I still can't tell the time. It's surprising, isn't it? Because I want to do it's twenty-seven minutes to six. But the clock says it's 5.32. Well, that doesn't mean anything to me, I'm afraid. And I've got clocks everywhere. In fact, I've got one, two... Yeah, I've got four... I've got one, two, three, four... Five clocks. I don't even know how many clocks I've got now. Five clocks I've got. It's hilarious, isn't it? But I don't think at this time of the morning you are particularly bothered about what time it is. Because it's early in the morning. It doesn't matter, does it? If you've woken up and you're thinking... I really just want to close my eyes and go back to sleeping. I really, really don't want to get up to go to work today. I know. 
I bet you there's a few of you thinking, oh, I'll phone up and do, do a sickie today. And so, you, so you phone and you try and sound suitably ill, don't you? <coughs> you go... Uh, hello? <coughs> don't, don't, uh, don't feel very well today. And somebody goes, oh, are you all right? You go, yeah, I'll be fine later. I'll be fine later. I'll, I'll give you a ring tomorrow. OK, see you. Bye. You put the phone down, you go, right, what am I going to do now? Because you've got no idea what to do after that. It's quite good, isn't it? You can tell I've never done it before for the simple reason that if I'm ill, as I've said a million times before, I'm really ill. I never take time off work. I'm a bit Michael Crawford, I'm afraid. You know, if somebody was Steve Allen's understudy, they would die of boredom waiting because they'd never get on air. It's, it, it's not that I, I just want to be on air all the time. It's the fact that I've finished at seven. So it's, I've kind of got the rest of the days. So I can go to Paris or Amsterdam or anywhere like that. And I've had a number of suggestions of where I can go. Some of them repeatable, some of them not. I'm delighted to say that Jane Moore is doing the papers this morning on Breakfast. Sun columnist, novelist, broadcaster. Have you noticed everybody's got titles now? You know, uh, Sun columnist, novelist, broadcaster, good egg, married to somebody very rich, Gary. You know, so, so it goes on. As opposed to just, it's Jane Moore. We know who Jane Moore is because she used to do the breakfast show on LBC. So of course you know who it is. And so I can't wait to see what she's going to uh, find later on. I bet it'll be this, this drinking thing. It's got to be the drinking thing, hasn't it? Uh, there is a link on my YouTube channel on the steveallenshow.com, which is good. Um, Noreen says you fitted a lot in whilst you were in Paris, which you were with John the Expert. Yep. She says, finally, we've got Colleen out of the skating. Nobody could be happier than me. Nobody could be happier. I was very happy about that. I mean, it's, it's going to be Ray, Ray Quinn, isn't it? Um, that one we've done. That was uh, Lynn. That was, do you know, honestly, every time I come in to work, there's another story about somebody being stabbed. This time, somebody being shot in the, uh, in the neck. Somebody stabbed to, de- to death in Walsham- Walthamstow. And you begin to think, what the hell's going on out there? Walthamstow used to be a nice area. Harringay. People used to aspire to being in Harringay. Andy says, thank you very much indeed for the piece today on the Snow Leopards and uh, Terry Moore's place. I've been looking for a wildcat sanctuary to volunteer at. The moment I heard you, I jumped out of bed and emailed you. He phoned me shortly afterwards, went down there at lunchtime to be shown around. So that was good. Thank you for the pictures as well, Andy. Says, I've been listening to you for more years and I care to mention. I think we're both in our early 20s when I started and I have met you a couple of times. I think you were involved with a charity event with my late cousin Alfred Marks. We met up on the LBC bus. The last time we were in touch was just before you had your angiogram. I was working for a cardiac healthcare company and emailed you about the procedure to put your mind at rest. So, by the way, my husband also had stents a few years ago and is doing fine. Thank you for the shows. I am totally addicted. It's good. Lovely pictures, aren't they, Andy? Lovely pictures. I mean, just, you can't beat it actually holding a snow leopard. Actually holding a snow... This is because I, I said yesterday on the programme that, um... Um... What did I say? Oh, yes, I said that there was this programme on the... Te- so I was try- trying to read something else here, actually. Um, I, was, um, I was reading a programme... Uh, I was seeing a programme on the television where this guy said he tried to film snow leopards and it had taken him two years. Two years, because they're such elusive creatures. So if I go on to... You, Job, not gone. And, and we went down to this place... And it's... Can you just type in Steve Allen's Snow Leopard on there, Amanda? And we went down, and they've got uh, some Snow Leopard cubs. But they're just at the end of when you can handle them. They're just at the end, uh, because very shortly they're going to get big. And they do get big, take my word for it. And we've got... There it is there, the Cat Survival Trust. 
Click on that, and you just get some nice pictures. I'm not sure if the uh, music will come up. Wait a minute. Yeah, look at that. Look at... I mean, it's just so cute. It's just absolutely lovely. Unfortunately, the one... I, was, I know... They've just got the best faces. And they're like giant cats. Except they've got big paws. And their mummy and daddy were there. And there's a picture on there of their mummy. There's me playing with uh, them on the ground again. Oh, they're absolutely... They're so affectionate. But the trouble is they will get big... And they do eat deer. Um, in fact, they eat quite a lot of deer. Strangely enough, snow leopards and all the other cats that Terry's got down there will keep eating because cats in the wild don't know when the next meal is arriving. And that's why, in, in conservation terms, he's very successful. Look at this. Oh, bless its little heart. Look. It just wanted to go home with me. It's as simple as that. So I've got it at home. Oh, they're lovely at home. It's quite big, though. I mean, it's, it's sort of, you know, it's, it's all gangly. But very sweet indeed. But he's successful because they get fed and watered every day. In the wild, uh, the mum and dad might have two or three cubs. Only one might survive. Two might, as they throw themselves down mountains to try and chase things, they might fall off and die. And the other problem is that there's never enough food to go around. So at least the conservation that he's doing is, is absolutely keeping them going. You know, they get special filtered water and they get fed... But different times every day. Because I said to him, because I've been to zoos, in inverted commas, I said, and they always feed at the same time. He said, well, they shouldn't. He said, because in the wild, an animal wouldn't know when it was going to be fed. He said, and if you feed an animal at a certain time every day, it then becomes genuinely reliant on you. The idea is you make it interesting by feeding them at totally different times. He said, sometimes I get up in the early hours of the morning and feed them then. He said, but sometimes, you know, I I might do it at lunchtime. They have deer. Oh, yes, they eat deer. Oh, yes, locally shot deer. Because they're, they're wild animals. But you're so close to them, unlike a zoo, you can literally go up to the... It's, it's like, imagine if, if, the, if the wall of the studio was, was the, uh, the mesh. You can go right up to it. And he had two... I think they were cheetahs. They threw themselves at the bars. I kid you not, it was the most frightening thing that ever happened to me. And this thing... And the throat... The throat... I wish I could have played you back the growl that comes from it, because it comes from deep inside them, and you've never heard anything like it. Well worth checking out. In fact, actually, 1,344 of you have checked it uh, at the moment, which is fairly good news, because we only put it up there yesterday. So that's good already. Uh, Patrick wants to know why the bosses at Iceland think Kerry is a good role model. I have no idea. Uh, They just do. Where are her children? I have no idea. I don't really know whether or not um, it's, it's rather... It's rather a shame, really, I suppose, that you, people like that are allowed to have children and they drag them through, which is, uh, which is a, a shame, actually. Uh, one here. Are you aware that Staines has a new police station, which is opposite the old one on the Kingston Road, says Darren? Because yeah, isn't the old one flats? I think the old police station in Staines was turned into flats. I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain. Uh, 84850. Steve at uh, Another one here. Uh, Dave says, how you been on a run of lates lately? So I haven't been able to listen. Looking forward to my days off. Nearly called sick when I woke up. <laughs> We've all done it, haven't we? Because you never know what, what to do at the end of the day. If, if, if you phone somebody up at work and you go, okay, I'm not very well, you then think, I better not go out in case they phone, because then they say to you, we phoned and nobody answered. And then you have to lie, because you have to say, I was, I was really, really tired. Then they go, we called round. And the neighbours said they'd seen you going out with some friends. So you're always worried you're going to get caught out and then somebody's going to go, you're not ill at all, are you? And it's... And, you, 
That's right. L- lie down. If you why why lie down? Oh, does it? Oh, I can make my voice. I, I really can't come in today. See, I I can do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I can sound ill if I really want to, but I've really got to be ill. I mean, in fact, some. I mean, you know, I'd be here on my deathbed. I promise you. I'm totally convinced I'm going to die behind this microphone. <laughs> That's my ambition. That's just my ambition, actually. Because I can't wait to see how they're going to cope with the breakfast show. They have to prop me up in the corner. And the, there'll be guests coming in and Nick will be saying, that's the last presenter who was on air. I'm terribly sorry. He died in the studio. It's never happened yet, has it? I don't know why. 84850, uk. Shirley Teese says, uh, I haven't been for years, but it sounds a lot more scary than it was the last time I visited. <laughs> I thought it was scary. We got told to F off and all the rest of it by some of these people doing the three-card trick. But anyway, why not try Madrid? Says Shirley. I used to have American friends living there some time ago. Beautiful city. Royal Palace, worth a visit. Uh, Elegant city, laid out with big boulevards. I think I've been. I think I've been to Madrid. I think we might do Amsterdam next time round. However, one thing that needs to be considered is that since they refurbished the airport, the walk from the arrivals lounge to the exit is very long. A few years ago on a BA flight back from Barcelona, I commented to the stewardess as we were getting off the plane how long the walk had been when we arrived at Barcelona. She said, in all seriousness, that if we'd thought that was a long walk, we, we should go to Madrid. She said it had taken the crew 50 minutes to walk to the exit on their first trip to the newly completed airport. She said they'd only been really worried about seeing some of their older passengers. They thought one man was about to have a heart attack. Actually, there was one place we went to, and I think it could have been Madrid, where they said, uh, and we said, oh, the flight doesn't take off for another uh, 45 minutes. They said, I think you should start walking now, because it's, it's quite a long walk. So we did. She said, apparently, they don't have travelators, as most airports do, but they did have them in Barcelona. Maybe Spanish airports are on a tight budget. <laughs> How lovely. How lovely. 84850, uk. A lot to get in. More from the papers as well. And I'll remind you about that event in Twickenham. Uh, plus, we'll be doing more from the papers. I'm trying to find something that is that is a little bit light. But it is, I'm afraid, uh, Kerry Katona, Jade or Paul Gascoigne. I mean, there are there are hardly any other stores. Although I do uh, any other stores. I do love this one though, which appeared yesterday in the papers. All they do is they just repeat it. Claudia Schiffer has so many clothes that she has built an aircraft hangar next to her house, and in it she has installed all of her clothes. She has kept every single item of clothing, something that we would all love to do. And what she's had it done is she's had the aircraft hangar, and it is an aircraft hangar split into different rooms, so each designer's clothes are in each particular room. And she wants to leave the collection to her daughter. And you think, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, imagine having that many clothes. Normally, it would house a helicopter. But this one has got all her clothes in it. Oh, that we could all have so many clothes. I quite like that. They're going to be talking about boozing later on. I'm sure they'll be mentioning that with, um, excuse me, Nick Ferrari this morning. A totally ludicrous idea, if you ask me, that they think by increasing the price of booze, it's going to put people off. How stupid. How naive. How naive. Of course it's not going to put people off. And incidentally, the hate preacher Anjam Chowdhury, a rather camp-looking man, if you ask me, is being investigated for urging supporters to send money to the Taliban. Um, he was the one who appeared on LBC the other week. Uh, rather revolting to women, I always thought. But there again, no big surprise there for Anjam. Uh, who's got one of those comical beards, so we can have a good old laugh at that. And there's pictures of him. He claims they're, they're doctored. Pictures of him playing snooker, pictures of him drinking, and pictures of him leering over women. 
Nothing new there, eh, Anne Jam? Ooh, you are a camp little old thing. You really are. I thought that'd please you, actually, this morning. I'm probably going to hell as well for it, but frankly, it's a better place if you're not there, mate. Quarter to six. News headlines. After confessing to keeping his daughter locked up in a cellar for 24 years, Austrian Josef Fritzl faces court later. Police will continue to question a 17-year-old arrested of the murder of a teenager known to his friends as Killer. Demands for a minimum price to be imposed on alcohol will be backed by the government's chief medical officer later. Ministers are already retreating from the idea. And construction work starts later on what become London's tallest building, the so-called Shard of Glass, near London Bridge Station. And with a check on the uh, roads for you this morning, it's Hugh. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Uh, if you're heading up the M1 northbound, there's just been an act... Ian says Budapest. Budapest is beautiful. It is. They do a lot of filming there. Uh, Elaine, I've got no idea, actually. No idea. It's probably tinnitus, I reckon, your end. Uh, forget the olive oil and sun-dried tomatoes rubbish. The latest fad to hit this country is the Scandinavian diet. OK? And you're going to love this one. Breakfast is porridge with organic milk and berries. Now, that sounds OK. I can cope with that. That's all right. Lunch, this is where I kind of go a bit queasy. Open sandwich of lean ham liver pate, herring, or sliced meatballs on whole-grain bread. Boring. Uh, dinner is reindeer steak with Brussels sprouts and sheep's milk mousse. <laughs> no, thank you very much indeed. Shall be eating that one, except for the, uh, the Brussels sprouts. The Brussels sprouts sound quite good. And the breakfast, porridge with organic milk and berries, sounds OK. I could cope with that. I don't fancy herrings at all. I can't think of anything more revolting. Actually, strangely enough, Heather Mills... <laughs> Uh, I'm afraid, uh, has bought a, a fish bar and decided to stop selling... <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Blimey. place is filthy with dust in here. Uh, decided to stop selling fish. Proving she's as mad as a bloody March hare. Um, there's a, a, a story today of a break-in, a struggle, then a teenage burglar lay dying. Uh, his name is Tyler Duet. Uh, he was stabbed to death. He's thought to be a relative of a middle-aged couple whose house was targeted. They were carers. They were people who... Foster carers. They looked after people. And, um... And he, he broke into the house. He looks like a rather stupid boy. And, in fact, on a website, uh, Duet's uncle, Chris, said he wishes his nephew could have chosen a different path. Um because he was a burglar. Somebody else's... They, they said here, the boy was such a talented footballer, God bless him, but another poster wrote, what a stupid, silly boy. What goes round comes around. I totally agree, I'm afraid. I've got no sympathy for these people who break into other people's houses. An elderly couple, mind you. You know, just think how you would feel. An elderly couple. There you are, sitting there, and some little toe rag like this one breaks in, and then whatever happens, he ends up being knifed and, uh, and he dies. This, this family have lived there for, for ages. The three grown-up children are polite, always say hello. But um, he broke in. What a stupid, silly boy he is. But uh, now he's dead. So a dead, stupid, silly boy, which is even worse, really. 17 years old and he's got nothing better to do with his life than break into somebody's house. I mean, really, just, uh, I have no sympathy whatsoever for these people. I have no sympathy for Prince Charles as well. I wish he'd stop realising, or start realising, that he looks such a buffoon when he tries to dance and mingle with ordinary people. It's like Harry, you can imagine, would be an absolute king on the dance floor. William would be the nerd in the corner, shuffling backwards and forwards, going, uh, I kind of really like this song. OK, doing the same dance as his dad. 
That's, and, and don't go back onto that one again, you know, <laughs> because otherwise we'll be here all day. But, uh, I mean, poor old, you know, people laugh at, you know, eh, Charles, you're very funny, you know, very funny when you dance. Am I? I'm a very funny person. And then when somebody criticises him, he hates it. But frankly, you know, Your Royal Highness, don't dance. For God's sake, you just look so awful. And William has, has inherited your, your lack of dancing ability, I'm afraid. I do love this one here. There's a little village. And it's, it comes under Avon and Somerset. Uh, I'll just tell you that it's a place called Highbridge, but there is somebody there who has given the police 200 tip-offs about local burglaries, robberies, no television licences, people driving with no tax or insurance. It sounds like me. It's me. I've given the police hundreds of tip-offs. But 200 tip-offs here. Uh, this one is for real, though. They're always typed. God, I always type mine. And it's always on white paper with black ink. God, that's me as well. It's me. And they say it's either a former policeman or woman or it's a Miss Marple character. But they have received these tip-off notes for ages and ages. And they're now trying to work out who it is. Do, do, do. I think that's quite good, actually. I think it's about time people started taking more care of their community and started shopping people. You know, if your next-door neighbour's doing drug dealing and running a brothel, I'd want to tell the police. I'd want to tell... The only time I ever had to phone the police was when one of my neighbours started growing cannabis in pots. And wait for this one. I mean, this just amazed me. He was growing cannabis in pots, right? You could smell it. I could see it. So I phoned up the police and said, what's the situation regarding somebody growing cannabis in pots? Because he was a bit of a stone junkie thing. And they said, uh, where are you? So I told him, he said, ah, you can't see it from the road, can you? I said, no. He said, nothing we can do about it. So, in other words, if they can't see it from the road, they don't bother. I remember saying to somebody once, see that car there? It's driven by that bloke who works in that pizza shop. He's got no tax. And they said, ah, oh, yeah, but he's on private property. And until we actually see him out on the road, we can't do anything about it. Hello? Give me a truncheon for the day. I'll show you what the law is. Oh, I'd love it. Absolutely love it. Um... Former BBC youth expert, now 190, Janet Street Porter, well, Michael, ridicules the Prime Minister for schmoozing up to the celebrities, including Cheryl Cole and another load of people who walked up Kilimanjaro for charity, along with 120 porters, 32 production staff, a team of doctors, two film crews, and returned home on a private jet. OK? Cut all that out, they might have raised about five million. That would be quite nice, wouldn't it? But anyway, Gordon said he's moved away from the time when celebrity matters a dig at, uh, at, uh, at the Blair era. And yet he's doing exactly the same, because he loves it, doesn't he? He absolutely loves schmoozing up to it. But uh, he also, of course, sent a message to Jade Goody. So he's obviously... I mean, all this baloney that we get from old Gordon, I mean, it just doesn't quite add up. Doesn't quite add up at all, I'm afraid. Uh, the Pope uh, could be visiting Britain next year. That'll be nice, because when we went to Paris, we went in all the churches and we did light candles. As I pointed out, and it was on my blog yesterday... They, they actually charge two euros for a little nightlight. Now, at Ikea, they're so much cheaper. So much cheaper. You know, if they'd gone to Ikea, they could have saved a fortune and they could have been sort of like, I don't know, half at two for a euro or something like that. Because I don't like to think that the church is ripping people off, as, of course, it has done over many, many years, because it's always the poor people who have to buy these candles. So and I, I generally just light the whole blooming lot. You know, I light as many as I can. You know, people are standing going, oh, can we light again? No, you can't. I'm lighting all of them. I'm doing a lot of prayers. There's a lot of sinning gone on over the years. And, I quite, and then they were doing bigger candles for five quid. 
And I thought, it's a lot of money for a can. You want to come around my way? The pound shops have got low. Why don't you go to the pound shops? Do you think the Catholic Church is on backhanders or something to supply all these little nightlights and the proper proper candles again? I don't like that idea. I do like the idea you go in there and you get the, the heat takes you way back, way, way back. Here it is, uh, Heather Mills <coughs> has bought the fish cafe and taken fish off the menu. She really is the dimmest plank in the world, isn't she? Mind you, as I said to uh, Paul only a short while ago, if you'd actually paid uh, every time you slept with her, it would have been far cheaper than actually marrying her. Much easier. And then, and then, as if things couldn't get worse, the King of Kitch is on the front page of the Daily Mail. This is uh, Gianni Versace. Uh, they've said here, the jaw-droppingly vulgar treasures of Gianni Versace are auctioned in London this week. But who want to buy any of them? Me. Absolutely every single one of them. I think they're all absolutely stunningly beautiful. He's got oil paintings. He's got uh, swan heads and classical figures adorning a pair of patinated spelter vases. Uh, he's got... Uh, paintings. His bed is stunning, estimated at ten to 20,000. And they're saying, who would want to buy it? It's not kitsch. This is class. Who wrote this? Tom Mitchelson. Who's Tom Mitchelson? Obviously some dreary old cove. Oh, I don't think anybody wants this, do they? Let's put it down as vulgar. Well, I tell you, I wouldn't mind being vulgar for a bit. I love this stuff. I absolutely love it. Mind you, we do have a guide for you this morning to make sure the elderly get good care, because I don't think we treat the elderly very well in this country. Uh, here is the checklist, and this is to protect your dignity in hospitals and care homes. And you should always abide by this, and people in care homes should take note of this one as well. This is for elderly people. If you're in a hospital or a care home, number 10, do nurses notice when I'm upset or distressed? That's the first thing. Or they just walk straight past you. Excuse, excuse, excuse me. You know, they should be noticing you. Do I feel safe and secure? You should do. Are my hygiene and continence needs met? Excuse me, I like... To, excuse me. That's the... Going back to number 10 again. Hello? Hello? Is any, can anybody help me? No. Number seven. Do I get pain relief when I need it? That's again... Hello? Hello? Is anybody listening to me? Number six. Do I get help to eat and drink when I need it? Again, it's the same as all the other ones. Am I at number five or someone who knows what I would want involved when decisions are being made about my care and treatment? Do I feel valued as an individual? Are nurses courteous and respectful? Do the nurses care about me, not just for me? And do I get help when I ask for it? It's the same thing all the way through, isn't it? Because unfortunately, there's a lot of nurses in care homes who are quite revolting to their patients. We've seen it before on the television. We've seen exposures of these care homes where they've treated old people so badly you want to go round there and do them serious damage. You know, how these people have got the audacity to ever call themselves nurses or people who care for the elderly is totally beyond me. I've seen cases where one woman was dumped in a scalding hot bath and she died as a result of her, of her wounds. And there's been lots and lots of cases. Because apparently it's that easy to set up a care home. I mean, you really want to go round. And then they identify these people that you want to go round and set fire to their bloody houses. I, I get so angry about it. However, I feel immensely sorry this morning, but not really, to Will Pierce and his eight-year-old son, Louis. Uh, what he did, he, uh, he went abroad and he decided to take his, his computer with him and he uh, decided that his son was a bit bored. It's obviously a bit difficult father over there and son. And so he started watching television on his computer. He had a Vodafone card, uh, which was 25 quid. Unfortunately, when he actually got back, the bill for watching television abroad on his computer was just a little bit more than the £25. And uh, he said, here, I mean, I just, I just think it's kind of a lot of money. I'm not going to pay it. And Vodafone have 
have actually examined it and they've said, well, it, it is right, we'll, we'll have a look at it again, but unfortunately, we're not going to back down. How much was the bill for? He went abroad, his little son. Between them, they racked up a bill of £22,000. Not a happy year for him. Morning, everybody. Nine minutes past six. It's Monday morning. Nice to have your uh, company. Hope you had a good weekend. Lots of things going on in the uh, paper. Uh, somebody says here, nobody likes a snitch. Oh, yes, we do. Absolutely. Get these crooks off the street, the graffiti artists, the drug dealers, the prozies. Get them all out. Everybody loves a snitch. Of course they do. Everybody loves it. Susan Spence is with us. Good morning. Good morning. How are we? I'm fabulous. Look at the day. It's just, I've just got bright. It's very nice. It's meant to be very warm today. It's meant to be about 17 degrees or is something. Is it? Yeah, so I heard. I might take the shirt off and go for a little walk later on. Oh, and, uh, spare us. Spare I know. Us. Upset the horses and stuff like that. <laughs> I've never actually been, I've never been the sort of person that can ever take their shirt off walking down the street. You're probably the same yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I try to resist the temptation. I know. It's so difficult in the state. I'm always quite jealous of some people who can. Oh, well, yes, there are a few nice bodies around. Uh, really? Actually, Not around here. What match, football match was, I know it's different because they're footballers. So I was watching a football match in the week and people too, oh, I think it was Ronaldo. And I don't really like Ronaldo, but oh, some fit little body. Really? Mm. My body looks like that. Is it, is it really? Toned it's, and not, not a toned, glistening, yes. <laughs> Underneath this fat blood body that I've got here, there's, there's my Ronaldo you body. You said blubber there, didn't you? You <laughs> said blubber. Well, I was watching this thing the other day and they were, I forget, I forgot what it was, but it was one of these wildlife programmes. And they were out in the sea and they were seeing... Um, these huge um, elephant seals. They're in... Not elephant seals. Yes, they are. They've yeah. got... What are the things with the big tusks on? Walrus. Walrus. They're huge. Oh, my God, yeah. These things were in, in the water. They're, they're like gazelles. On land, they can barely... They're carrying a lot of weight. Oh, and, and they're very smelly. I couldn't tell on my television. Oh, no, they are. You see them on the... It. I think it was in the David Attenborough thing that I saw them before. Really? And, yeah, they're very smelly and, and the... Oh, no. They're, well, penguins are the same. Penguins well, yeah, anything exactly around fish, I think, are quite smelly, aren't they? Yes. In the water, <laughs> barnacles and things like that. Did you see the Bond movie the other day, View to a Kill? No, but I have seen it in the past, I think. Yes. I can't remember who the girl was. It's not, not Grace Jones. Is it Tuesday Weld who's in it? Or Oh, I don't know. I'm not up on my Bond. I can't remember who it is. Might no. be, actually. Um, Steve, uh, thanks to you and Twitter, I found the place my wife will fall in love with. That place is the Cat Survival Trust. And the best thing is, it's just around the corner from us. We only live five miles from them. So that's good, Colin. Hope you enjoy it. You will enjoy it. If you go to YouTube, you can uh, catch up on the, on the Cat Survival Trust. They look after... Not domestic cats, even though they have domestic cats there. These are wild cats. Like, Don't like cats. No, but no, these are like snow leopards. Oh, I see. Oh, right. Proper. I was holding a snow leopard. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I thought you meant regular cats. Oh, no, 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 no. no I know no. I, I know. a lot of people will hate me now because there are so many cat lovers. I ju- I'm sorry, I just... I always think you're either a cat lover or a dog lover, and I've no. always been a dog lover. Oh, yes, I mean, the, the, never the twain shall meet. No, no. Cat, cat lovers are quite balmy, and dog lovers are equally balmy, I'm afraid. But snow leopard lovers, now that's wow. a different thing. So you, you go and check it out down there. Very nice indeed. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. .co.uk. Uh, Jan says, uh, the first time we went to Paris to see the sights, it was a disaster. We got lost, had a rotten meal, found people rude, missed the train back, uh, and vowed never to return. <laughs> then got invited on a PR trip, fantastic day out, and now me and the other half popo for a day or two. So we, ha- we have done it, actually. How, how did you get on? It was okay. It's very expensive. It was okay? Uh, yeah. Oh. I mean, it, it, was, it was Paris. What I found amazing was, I finished work here at seven, and then we get a car to St Pancras, 
and then you just get on the Eurostar, mm. and your ears start popping because of the speed this thing goes. Yeah. And it was it was nice, although uh, within short uh, within ten fifteen minutes of being there, uh, we'd encountered Montmartre, which is quite nice, but it's a bit of a dirty area. Yes, and it's full of not very nice people. It's quite bohemian, isn't it? Well, bohemian would be a way to describe it. Horrible would be another word. Oh, right. People doing the three card trick, and I was pointing out to John who was in on the thing, and then they said, "Off." Oh. Well, we got all we got shouted at and everything, and uh, and all the. Um, the guys who were selling the beads and bracelets outside Sacre Coeur and stuff like Thank that. Really? I mean, you get jostled all the... I mean, it must be a nightmare to be a single woman. Oh, I don't, yeah, you see, horrible. I always think going to that kind of place, you know, it, it, it's very difficult if you are a girl yeah. going to that kind of thing. And also, you know, it's all they this... They touch. They touch. Yeah, it's all this... Yeah, people... I, I don't like anybody invading my personal no. space unless they're invited. And, and they stand right in front of you. You speak English, you speak English. Yeah, you and then they go away. You and you just think, that's why that kind of place. Yeah. I mean, I have been to Montmartre before, and I'd do it once, and that was it. I wouldn't do it again. But, yeah, it's very intimidating. It is intimidating. Yeah. And then, of course, having run, run, run the gauntlet of them, you run the gauntlet of the Romanian beggar women. Yes. You come out, you speak English, you, speak, you give me money. Give me, yeah, go I away. Me, I got baby, I got baby. Help, well, actually, help, the, these baby. ones, I mean, over here, at least they clean your windscreens. And then you drive off. <laughs> Don't have to pay them a penny piece. It's great. Oh. And they shove babies at you. Well, baby, yeah, take a oh, baby. It's like when you're on the tube here, isn't it? And many people come on and hold this baby and say, and you're like, no. But here, even funnier on their tube there, A, the, the tube runs on rubber tyres. Yes, that's so right. very strange. I like that. Yes, I, I quite like that Is that idea. like a bit like the New York subway kind of does that? Part of it oh, does. I can't remember. You might be right. Maybe part of it, But they, when, when uh, somebody got on there and they were a busker and they took their own sound system on <laughs> and you think, what a nightmare you're there and somebody gets on with a squeeze box. Oh, yeah. Because in, in Lisbon, they have little boys with squeeze boxes. They're mm. all, all gypsies. And they've got little dogs who sit there with a little collecting tin around their necks. And on every corner, there's a little boy with an accordion. Must and be difficult to make do. a living, eh? Must be. So many in every street corner. As I say, you know, pick up a recorder. You might get more money for a recorder. It's quite a long way to go, though, isn't it, in a day? Not too bad. We were there by lunchtime. I know, but then we're you... seven like, hours. Yeah. It's quite long it's enough in Paris. a long way to go. At a price. You want to eat? Mm-hmm. Club sandwich in one place we looked at. Pavement, think, £26. Cheesy peeps. £20 for a hamburger. £5 for a cup of coffee. It's not cheap. No, it's not. It's not is cheap it? because the euro is roughly the mm. same as the the pound at the moment. And mm. difficult to tell. Oh, we have to oh, we do a break. Difficult to tell who who the French are. And over here, I know I know what the Brits look like, and I know what everybody else looks. Like. Over there, I don't know what what French looks like. And you can't take the, the Mickey at the accent, can you? No, because <laughs> nobody speaks like this at all. We take a short break. Quarter past six. LBC ninety-seven point three. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> How daft you are you that. then? You can say that. It's okay. Yes. You can say that. Susan just said, because Susan Spence is here, <laughs> just, she said, I've, I've, I've made a mistake on your card. I mean, quite clear she'd had a bottle of sherbet. And, and, and she wrote, as opposed to writing to Steve on the outside of the card, she wrote from Susan on I the outside of the card. Well, she, no, she wrote Susan. I wrote, yeah, I, I wrote And then she thought better inside, and put from. And then I wrote, then I addressed who, the card, Susan. I thought, oh my God, that's not who, for me. Who, who's actually two inside the card? <laughs> you know, I made that bit right. It's to me. And then I thought, I didn't want to scrub it out because it would look really messy. So I thought, how can I do it that looks normal? And then I thought, none of this looks normal. No, none of it looks but normal. If I do that, because I, I wouldn't want to scrub it because then it will go down to the card below. Right. So I did it that way, and then I thought, I'd better explain myself, because it does look rather unusual. Sorry about that. So it's to Steve, but underneath, from Susan. Yeah. And the from was added in after she just wrote Susan on it. (laughs) 
It Thank is you. tomorrow, isn't it? It is tomorrow, yes. yes. Well, I have many happy transfers Yes. Now. Oh, dear, 38. Oh, again. How oh, sickening, isn't it? Uh, Tanya Roberts was the Bond girl in View to a Kill. Oh, was she? Thank you, Steve. Yeah, Tanya Roberts. A lot of people have told me that as well. And, <coughs> sorry, uh, the French have the lowest soap and the highest perfume consumption in the EEC. Uh, strangely enough, actually, we didn't see that many well-dressed people. I was expecting to see lots of uh, very, very smart, elegant women with poodles. And we didn't see anything like that at all. We just saw what was commonly known as a melting pot or an eclectic mix, to put it politely. Mm. All over the place. Well, it used a lot to... of men just hanging around on street corners. Was the rate of unemployment high there? I don't know. No idea. Outside the station, lots of men hanging around. You think, what are you doing here? Mm. Are you waiting to catch a train or are you just hanging around? But you, you don't think that stations typically have lots of people hanging around? I love stations. Oh, and I don't. I love going on trains. I do now. I do like a train. Yeah. But I don't like railway stations or airports. It makes me feel very sad. Well, really? I think even if oh, I'm... because you're always saying goodbye well, to even somebody. Even if I'm not, though. Even if I'm picking somebody up or even, you know, if I'm there, I just find that there's a sense of, oh. you know... Oh, don't be sad. Yeah. Don't be, no, don't be sad, please. I tell you, I had a little weep last night. You watched Ray Quinn? No. <laughs> dancing on no, ice. No, very late I was watching the end of the five-part series of The Diary of Anne Frank. Now, I know how Anne Frank ends because I've got the book, I've got the audio tape, but I've never seen it, and it was a special BBC adaptation. Mm. And so I knew how it would end. Yes. And even though the girl that played Anne Frank was really very, very annoying... Right at the end, the last five minutes. Oh, it was it was very sad because you just thought she had got you know it clearly happened yeah. and it must just have been awful. And as each one of them were walking down the stairs to be taken away by the Germans, it stopped and froze. And next to the name said, "Died in Auschwitz, uh, died in whichever camp, you yes. know, all that kind of thing." And only one of them survived, and that was the father, um, who died in um, natural causes in 1980. So I'm going to do oh. a search for. Some kind of book that he, I'm sure he must have written a book or done something to Sad, find out a bit more. That's why I thought at the end of Schindler's List, where they brought back all of Schindler's Jews, you know, that, that bit just did it for me. I thought that was just fantastic. All the people who'd featured in the film, here they were, the real people. Mm. And they all, oh, sorry, they all went past uh, Schindler's grave and put a, put a stone on it. See, I couldn't bear to watch that. It was just I fantastic. Just, I knew. I, I, I know. Yeah. So many people have told me it's such a wonderful film. Oh, because it just, it just, it cross fades from when they've all been liberated and Schindler's done this thing and all the rest of it, and then over the mountain, over this field, it looks like a sort of scene from The Sound of Music. Come all these people who say these are the last remaining Schindler's Jews, and then they all come. Some of them really ancient and really old, and they all go past his, his grave, including his his widow. It's really quite quite something. Not half as terrifying as the film yesterday, which was Nicholas and Alexandra. Oh, now I saw that that oh, was on. Dear That's me. about the Tsar, isn't it? Yes. The Russian Tsars. And yeah. the worst thing was, the man who was looking after him, I don't know how, how accurate it was, that they were, they were put in this house. I mean, I don't think they knew that they were going to be executed there. I mm. think that it had already been decided by uh, higher powers that they were to get rid of them as quick as possible. And the idea was that after they had killed them and that they were waiting for the phone call, they thought originally they were just going to execute um, the Tsar and his wife. Mm-hmm. But they had three daughters and a son. Yeah. And the son had deliberately injured himself, so he had to be carried everywhere. And they said, right, you have to, would you like to come uh, with us? We're, we're, we're going now. And this man was very charming and very polite. We all knew, because I know the story anyway, yeah. of what was going to happen. He said, come on. We'll come. So they walked downstairs. They go into this room. There's just two chairs. And he said, would you like to, to sit there? Wait, wait here, please. And he goes out and shuts the door. And they're waiting for the phone call from whoever it was made that decision. No, they're all to be executed. 
And I thought, although they didn't do it in the film, they went back into the room and said, by order of the People's Republic or whatever, you're going to be executed. And then they, they just all walked into the room and they then fired. The Tsar was killed immediately, then the wife. The children took longer. They had to go around and butcher the children because the girls were wearing corsets. And then Why the, couldn't they shoot the girls? Uh, they did shoot them, but they didn't go through properly, so most of the children had to be executed again, so they fired constantly. Then they took all the bodies out, and the idea was they were going to drop them down a mine shaft, cover them with lime, and wait for them to rot away. But then the army started moving in, so they had to dig them back up again and bury them somewhere else. Yeah, just awful. I remember doing Absolutely that. dreadful. Doing that at school, um, the, the Russians. Well, there was always the story that, of yeah. Anastasia survived. Well... Yeah. It was not possible for Anastasia to survive, but it was a great story. There was a woman in, found in the woods in, in Russia, and they said, who are you? And she said, I am the Princess mm. Anastasia, and I survived this thing. And they proved that it, it wasn't her at all. Yeah, I, was, I, I remember seeing that that was on, and I meant to Sky Plus, and I completely forgot. And now you're telling me I'm wishing I had What a star cast. It's it. worthwhile getting on DVD. I yeah. mean, everybody who was anybody at the time was, was in it. Mm. Just fantastic. Really nice stuff. Yeah, there's, but there's, there's so many sad things, though, isn't it? I mean, I, I have to admit, I'm not one of these weepy people, but really? there are certain things that, I weep constantly. No, you see, I don't. The odd time EastEnders gets me. Um, <laughs> but no. I do cry at the scripts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I have to say, I, I need to pluck up the courage. I know that sounds totally ridiculous to watch Schindler's List, but I, I just have never been able to bring myself yeah, to do it. Yeah, she must watch it. Because I know I'll end up sobbing buckets. It's, it's a, cine, a cinematic masterpiece. Yes, I know, I've heard. It's, you know, I mean, he's actually put a lot of work into it. Mm. A lot of work. And it's obviously a labour of love for him, too. And you can see that in it. I mean, it's just, it's just beautifully put mm. together. But it's this end bit which just does it for you because all the characters that you've sort of grown up with, here they are, these are the real people. You know, some of them died, so this is their, their sort of brother coming to put a stone. Every, it was just, just amazing. Did you see it in the cinema or at home? Or saw it at did home. Did you saw it at home, yeah. I wonder what it would have been like to have watched it on the big screen. I'm not sure I want to share that experience with a lot of other people. I think I have to do that privately. Because you, because you were crying? Well, I didn't cry all the way through. I cried a little bit. Do yeah. you cry noisily or silently? Well, I just... I don't know. Do you go, well, of course I don't do that, honestly. Well, you could do. Some people do. No, I just... No, I just cry normally, I well, think. Well, you didn't make a sound there. I don't do wailing. No. <laughs> I don't do wailing. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a wailing sort of person. <laughs> I don't know, actually. How do you cry? I don't know. I don't know. Do you just, like, little tears come down Oh, no, quite, quite a lot. I have to get blow my nose and everything. During E.T., when we saw it in the cinema, oh my God, we saw it in the cinema in <laughs> Kingston, which, which then turned into Pine World. It was an old one. Now it's the, it's the bus garage, and then it was pulled down and something else. And we all sat there. And, of course, having not seen it, the cinema was packed, and you sit there. And at this moment where, where, where the plant dies, it's... And then it comes back to life again. Mm. And, and you go, Elliot, phone home. They go, shh, shh, shh. Well, everybody's laughing. And then when the bikes take off, everybody's cheering. I've never seen anything like it, Marley Ann. And then when you think E.T.'s died, you couldn't hear it. At the end, when he actually goes away, sorry oh, to ruin it for so you. sad. All you can hear is blubbing. Yeah. All you can hear is people going... <laughs> and then, swine in the cinema, the, t the, the credits roll, up goes the blooming lights, and there's all men standing there with handkerchiefs clutched to their faces. <laughs> it was really awful. But, but every time I watch it, it's always good. Films that make you cry, I think, uh, are really, really clever. Yeah. I know I'm being manipulated, but I love it. Yeah, and in, in E.T., I know you said E.R. E.T. Uh, E.R. E. E. makes me cry. Yeah, Clooney's back in. Oh, is he? Clooney went, went back in again. All right.
the heartthrob they say that is George Clooney. Oh, you say I've never, I've never seen the other. I think attraction. it's a bit naff, actually. I prefer Joseph in Holby City myself. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, I love Holby. I don't, I don't do, I don't do medical dramas. Oh, love them. I can't love do anything them. medical, I'm afraid. <laughs> right, we're going to take uh, a short break. More from uh, Susan coming up very shortly. Oh, and the infamous horse racing. LBC ninety-seven point three. Thank you very much indeed. 26 minutes, 27 minutes to 7. Monday morning with the sports news, sports editor Phil Blacker. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. Wins for Tottenham and Chelsea yesterday could have big implications at either end of the Premier League. Blues manager Gus Hiddink says the tension is back in the title race after they closed to within four points of Manchester United. Thanks to yesterday's 1-0 win over Manchester City, although the leaders still have a game in hand. Spurs are up to 11th, the highest position of the season after a 2-1 win at Aston Villa. Result that also ensures uh, Arsenal stay fourth. Jermaine Genus and Darren Bent scored the Spurs goals, although they remain only six points above the relegation zone. Captain Ledley King says they're not safe yet. We're still tight at the league. You know, we're in a good good run of form at the moment. It's, it's, it's uh, important that we capitalise on that, you know, and, uh, and keep picking up the points. England's rugby players are promising there's more to come after a stunning return to form in the Six Nations yesterday. After back-to-back defeats in Wales and Ireland, they recovered to beat France 34-10 at Twickenham. LBC's Russell Hargreaves was there. For the first 45 minutes, the home side was simply magnificent, running in five intricately worked tries past an increasingly shell-shocked French defence. Mark Cueto set the tone after just 75 seconds, with Ricky Flutie crossing over twice in addition to further scores from Dylan Armitage and Joe Worsley. At 34-0, a record win looked on the card. But the visitors rallied and saved face with two second-half tries. Still a memorable day for a raucous home crowd after some lean recent months here at Twickenham, where it finished England 34, France 10. Domestically, London Irish are third in the Premiership after picking up a bonus point in their 38-17 win over Worcester. Saracens came from behind to beat Bath 2016, whilst Harlequins lost 24-16 at Newcastle. England's cricketers were beaten by six wickets in their 2020 international with the West Indies in Trinidad last night, meaning they're still without a win this winter. The tourists were bowled out for 121. Captain Andrew Strauss says that's simply not good enough. You don't win too many 2020s having scored 120, so... <laughs> Uh, we, we lost wickets too regularly. Um, we probably weren't smart enough with our batting, to be honest with you, um, on a wicket that kind of held up a little bit. And there are three race meetings today. They go at Hereford, Kempton and Taunton. And Steve Allen's racing tip is next. LBC Sport with Dawkins Bailiffs. Helping commercial landlords get what they're owed. Who, who was down at um, Twickenham the other day? Was that Russell? Russell. Russell Hargreaves, yes. He must sir. have got his skates on. He was here when I was here. He was. He went straight from the studio Did to Twickenham for us. Good. He must have been exhausted, poor soul. <laughs> Took me long enough to get home driving because the traffic was, was dreadful. Mm. Although by the time I got to Twickenham, it didn't seem that busy. I don't know how many, how many thousands there were. There were a few French people wandering around lost, you know. One or two, yeah. And they all sort of say, and, and do you know where the stadium is? I will send them to somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make it more interesting yeah, for myself. Keep the crowds down. That's right, to keep the crowds down. Right, on the subject of uh, racing, and I've now lost the blooming thing. I've, I found it again. Uh, once again... Alex's selection on Friday was very unlucky when he was leading. Unfortunately, as opposed to jumping the fence, he jumped through the rail. Oh dear. So that wasn't particularly good. So he ran out. That was uh, <laughs> Ibadian. Right. Uh, so he lost £2. Total loss, £14.71. Uh, your pride of Dullcote. Mm. Very unlucky. Second. Yeah, I was Second. watching that one in the pub. Very in, unlucky. In the, what, what do you mean in the pub? <laughs> on Friday afternoon. Did you go back to the pub? I did. Anyway, you lost. Drinking orange juice. Oh, well, of course, absolutely. Probably just as bad for you, I should imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's always better with a bit of vodka in it. But 
You came second. Had you gone each way, you could have... I don't know what the, what the odds I were. I think it was about end. three to one, so... Uh, oh, right, you'd have... Each way wouldn't have been... No, you're right. Wouldn't not have a lot. So your total profit now, you're down to £3.49. Yeah, not a very successful Cheltenham, I You week, need a biggie. Mm. You need a biggie, you really do. So today we're off to Kempton. Yep. The three o'clock, and Alex has picked Dish Dasher. Win only, Dish Dasher. OK, I've also gone to uh, Kempton, five o'clock, Miss Chamander. Miss win. Chamander? Yeah. Sounds like something out of Jumanji, doesn't it? Miss yeah. Chamanda, <laughs> whatever that is. Okay, oh, there it is. There we are. So that's the. We'll, we'll put it on the on the computer for you later on. Yep, on the website. And it's only for fun. Remember, don't play seriously. You go broke if you're playing our way. <laughs> we're terrible at the moment. <laughs> Getting there slowly but surely. So we're, we're looking for something big today. Yes, we'll, okay. s- we'll see what Miss Chamanda can do. Yes, please. Fingers crossed and double prayers, everybody. Phil, thank you very much indeed. Phil will be back uh, tomorrow, but he's popping up with Nick Ferrari after the news at seven for breakfast. Jane Moore's in doing the papers. Uh, now I, I I wrote something down to mention to Susan Spence because Michael Jackson, as you know, is doing a few tour dates. Mm. Who do you think has offered his services as warm-up man? You must know this already. No, I don't. I've not yeah. really read much about the Jackson Apparently, uh, it, well, it, it featured not only in, in the papers yesterday, but it featured on LBC's news bulletins. I nearly fell off the chair with shock. This person apparently has had dinner with Michael in London and Los Angeles, when I've got no idea. Uh, but anyway, and he, he's going to be the warm-up man. He's not going to be singing, but he thinks he is the ideal person to be Michael Jackson's warm-up. Give me a clue. Irritating. Oh, that could be millions of people. OK, well, think of irritating East Ender. Oh, my God, no. Shane Ritchie. Yeah. <laughs> Shane Ritchie was putting it about the other day. I mean, his, his agent, Phil Dale, bless his heart, saying, I can't confirm or deny it. And I'm thinking, sorry, Michael Jackson, warm-up Shane Ritchie. Not quite sure about that one. Although, strangely mm. enough, Bobby Davro, least funny person in the entire world, warmed up the Barry Manilow audience. If you'd gone to see Barry Manilow, the last thing you want is Bobby Davro. I heard that. I mean, that might be why Shane Ritchie's got the idea if Bobby Davro did... But I'm, I'm sorry, This you is know Shane what? Ritchie who'd also written himself back into EastEnders yes. with Shane Jr. Shane Jr., <laughs> yeah, and he started the same way in, in Butlins or wherever it is, isn't yes. he? Um, no, I have to say, I, mean, I, I would be disappointed. As much as I like Shane Ritchie in, to a degree in EastEnders, yes. I would be so disappointed if I spent all that money on a Michael Jackson ticket and got there and Shane Ritchie was doing the warm-up. Can you imagine? Oh, Can you ima- I mean, I cannot imagine. You know, I, I suggest Michael Jackson checks out Shane but Ritchie's also, act. I, you know, when I went to when see... When was the last time Shane Ritchie did an act on stage? Mm, I don't know. But, you know, I, is there any need for Michael Jackson to have a warm-up? When I went to see Tina Turner, she didn't have a warm-up. She didn't need a warm-up. She's big enough in her own yes, not we, to so need a warm-up. Why so would why they does not? Michael Jackson need When a we went to see in uh, Las Vegas, Secret and Roy, mm. for the first ten minutes they show you a film of Secret and Roy at home. So you see them with their tigers and their lions and everything else in their swimming pool and walking out of them. How's about stink to high heaven? But anyway, mm-hmm. and they've got all of that. And then, then the screen disappears and then the show starts. Why not a Michael Jackson thing? Show you the clips of all the stuff, mm. you know, Michael Jackson talking, Michael Jackson being interviewed, Michael Jackson, and then, you know, all the lights out, up goes the thing, bing, there he is. Well, they did that actually to the second part of Tina Turner's concert. They started off with a song and all these clips from her career when she started off very young, you know, as on her own and then with Ike and all the way through 
um, to now because, of course, it was, what, the 50th anniversary tour or something she was billing it as. Mm. So they started the second part exactly like that. And that was really quite interesting. You wouldn't have wanted any more than that. And then, of course, she continued on. But I I can't can't see why Michael Jackson would need a warm-up. No, I don't think he does. No, not at all. And certainly not Shane Ritchie. (laughs) I mean, something more unlikely you'd be hard pushed to find. Oh, that's amused me this morning. I mean, Mm. I'm toying with the idea. I mean, put it this way. It's it's that far-fetched. I'll put myself up for it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, far, far, far better to have just a compare as opposed to somebody who isn't known for being a stand-up comedian. But also, I'm not being funny. Somewhere like the O2... What sort of jokes would he do? Could you trust him? <sighs> well, it's not really that funny, is he? I mean, he's all right when he, when he hosts a show like that w- lyrics thing. But, I mean, you know, he's only there to fill in the blanks. But this one, it could be 35, 40 minutes. We remember when, when Ricky Gervais... <laughs> Had to fill in because the groups weren't ready for that other dreadful thing and just was so desperately unfunny. Most of these people can't work without a script. But also, you see, I think that these kind of venues are way too big for somebody like a comic. They're too big, you get lost. Well, Shane Ritchie isn't a comic, is he? I thought he just did... Or a comedian, did, whatever you want to call him. He just did musicals. Isn't he like a variety Not really. He doesn't juggle. He uh, he just does, you know, he does the Daz doorstep challenge. Just like it. You can hardly have that in front jokes. of Michael Jackson, can you? No, not, not. Would you like to swap your powder too for, for this one? <laughs> but no, thank you. I wouldn't actually go away. No, I can't <laughs> see it. I, I can't see it happening in a million years. It'd be so funny if, of course, the entire audience decided to stay in the bar while he was on. Yeah. And then they go, is Michael Jackson cut? Well, we go, go back in yeah, now. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Very odd choice. Yes. I mean, if it's, if it's true. No, I don't think so. I didn't think it's very likely. No, I hope I certainly hope not. Uh, all all the papers are full today of either um, uh, Kerry Katona and Mark who appear to be back together again. Well, you know what? I was hopping mad about that because when I Ooh, first heard that she had split with him, I thought, "Thank the Lord, you've come to your senses at last. You've seen this boy for what he is." And then when I saw this morning's paper and saw her holding hands with her, I thought, "Oh my God, are you mad, woman?" I came up with a scenario. Just a, th- a hypothetical situation that he had said to her, listen, you better take me back because otherwise I'll blow this wide open. I'll tell them everything that goes on behind closed doors. You know, when you appeared on this morning, I'll tell them the truth about that. I'll tell this because he, if anybody knows what she's like, bi- bipolar or what, I mean, if he decides to blow this wide open and say, listen, this is not true, that's not true, this never happened, but she was doing this and doing that and doing this, the papers will buy the story. Yeah, I think they would buy the story. However, I personally think that the public would be on her side. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. But I think at the end of the day, they would be on her side and at least she wouldn't be even more bankrupt than she is now by taking the guy back. Mm. I think I think what she's done now is actually more of the two evils than lesser as such. Yes, I mean, frankly, I think they're both as ghastly as each other. I think they both deserve each other. Well, to a certain extent, I feel sorry for, for Kerry Katona. To a certain extent, I do, but I just can't believe she's taken that boy back. No. Well, that's why I, I, I would question why she's taken him back. Well, yeah. And having I think having a... discovered all these bank accounts, which he apparently has. Yeah, and it, he spent some time trying to say to her, look, you know, this is not true and all that kind of thing. You think, well, where's the money gone then? Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, we're going to take uh, a short break. <laughs> 16 to 7. This is LBC 97. And lovely Jane Moore's doing the papers today. Uh, what is the address of LBC, says D? Uh, if I just put Steve Allen London, it may not get there. Well, believe you me, it would. But uh, <laughs> it's Steve Allen, LBC 97.3, care of Global Radio, 30 Leicester Square, London, WC2H7LA.
I'm remarkably good at remembering addresses. Yeah, you're very good with the postcodes. Can't remember mine. Yes, I'm, I'm quite good at postcodes too. So it's Steve Allen, LBC 97.3, care of Global Radio, 30 Leicester Square, London, WC2H7LA. Uh, Philip says the reason the Russian princesses were not shot immediately was that they had sewn their jewels into their corsets, which deflected the bullets. Can you, can you imagine? I mean, you, 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 well, you can't imagine young children sitting there who'd been shielded from everything. Their parents were shot immediately, and then this hail of bullets to bring them down. I mean, it's just um, just Yeah, horrendous. And then when they don't work, then they think, right, OK, what next then? Yes. Even worse than what the original Even scenario worse. was. I know, you just want it to yeah. finish quickly. Uh, a lot of people telling me about Schindler's List and how people came out and... Mm. didn't say a word because it affected them uh, that much. It, it had such an impact on, on people. Even Pauline says, I went to see it in Leicester Square. Nobody spoke as the credits rolled. We walked out of the cinema and across Leicester Square. Nobody said a word until I said, the girl in the red coat, which is a reference to the clearing of the Polish ghetto and the young girl in the red coat. Then we could all speak. To say it was moving was an understatement. Mm. It is. You have films like that that, that affect you deeply. And half as deeply as some of the bad scripts in the soaps at the moment. <laughs> And yet another what wedding. Link. What a link. What a link. Um, I don't know what we could say about the soaps at the moment. Well, we'll do a quick round-up in yeah, a minute. We'll, yeah, we'll do a big <laughs> quick round-up in a minute then. In a minute? You want me to do in a minute or in a minute? No. In, in a minute as now? In now, a minute? Now, in a right. minute. The, very quickly The then. soap challenge in a minute. <laughs> OK. Getting right. confused myself. Uh, very quickly, EastEnders tonight, uh, Peggy, Peggy collapses. Um, after giving a, an election speech, she collapses in the Vic and everybody thinks her cancer might have come back. But actually, they reckon she's had a suspected um, stroke. And also, Archie discovers that Danielle is Ronnie's daughter, the daughter, of course, that he told her um, had died uh, a few years after being born. So that's a huge shock that happens on um Thursday, Friday. In Coronation Street, poor Becky today, oh, after her wedding that didn't happen on Friday, uh, she wakes up, can't remember her wedding day, discovers that her wedding ring is not on her finger, and guess who fills her in? Another other than a very bitter Michelle, who of course never got down the aisle with Steve. And Did you hear as well that Kim Marsh is going to leave and go to America? Really? She wants to go to Hollywood to be a Hollywood star. She obviously started believing the rubbish you read in the magazines. Oh, I can't... I mean, I think Kim's no. good in Corrie, but I can't but see her in Hollywood. Don't actually stretch yourself, Kim. No. You know, you've, you've done enough. No, I can't... I have to admit, I can't see that. So it's all about Becky and Steve tonight. A bit of fisticuffs between Liz Lloyd, uh, Becky and Steve as well. Mm. Um, and David, um, he walks out and says he's going to live with his dad in Liverpool uh, because... Gail has taken in Joe, and of course that's because Jack P. Shepherd is on paternity leave after having a baby girl. That's in Coronation <laughs> Street, and in Emmerdale, no, not married. <laughs> Living in sin. Living in sin. Uh, in Emmerdale, there's a new character who starts to appear that will affect and have a huge effect on Mark Wilde, who's one of the new characters, of course, in Emmerdale. And Aaron um, decides to have his wicked way with Victoria, but then, of course. Uh, she finds out that actually he's a virgin and he goes absolutely mental because, of course, he's meant to be Mr. Hardman. Excuse the pun. <laughs> anyway. I tried not to uh, sign I, Yeah, that. I know. Anyway, um, he, he, he goes and gets himself in a real tiz about that and smashes things up and all that kind of thing. So um, that's it in a minute. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad, actually. So that's the soaps. So now yeah. you know. Now you know. Uh, the Anne Frank House in Amsterdam is a walk-around museum. Now, you see, I, I went to Amsterdam and didn't have time for that, yeah. but I would absolutely love to go back and see that. You need to allow time yeah. for it. And uh, Johnny Brixton says, I presume Shane Ritchie will now tout himself as the warm-up for any old act next week presenting Orville the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I, d I don't think it'll happen. I'd be so surprised if it happens. I will be very, very surprised. Um, uh, 
If you thought the film was moving, Steve, go to Auschwitz. Well, uh, my friend Ivor gave me the book on uh, that, and I've also been to the Imperial War Museum and had a look at their uh, Holocaust exhibition, which is just... Absolutely, there's nothing you can say about it. It's mm. just a beautifully put together, but it just shows you the the true horror, absolutely true horror. But again, go go visit, go visit the Imperial War Museum. Front pages of all the papers. I said before, it's it's Jade Goody, uh, because they're now saying, well, Max, I think was saying yesterday, she's on the edge of a precipice, and she's she's sleeping most of the time, which is which is quite normal in situations like this. Mm. But she's she's planned everything now. She's done the funeral, and it's going to be, I think, a twenty-one car cortege. 21 cars, I don't think Dickens are going to put in them, but uh, it's going to be from Alban, you know that company that featured on the television, they followed a funeral director, it's, oh, it's no. called something like Don't Don't Drop the Coffin, but they do traditional <laughs> East End funerals, I know what you mean, yeah. they've got yeah. one of those Victorian hearses, which is the plumed horses and everything oh, else, and okay. I think it'll be that, plus they're going to put screens outside the church to beam the service outside for all the people who want to watch, because they said there'll be thousands of people who'll be going. Really? I don't, well, I, yes, I, I didn't know who would actually be going. And they said also there's going to be all the um, all the celebrities going. I don't know why. That's well, I, I ca- caught part of the documentary on Living Television um, the other night oh, right. by accident. Um, Living was showing it on both their channels. And it was basically a bit like a bad home video for a wedding. Um, she did do very well, bless her. She seemed to have an awful lot of strength. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, a huge amount of strength to stand at the in the church at the altar for all that time. She got quite emotional. She stood also to, to give the speech. And there were a lot of celebrities. Nick Ross, Richard and Judy, there was Max Clifford. Uh, that was four that I saw. And Anthony the, Costa. Anthony Costa was there. Um, I think that was only the five or six that I saw as they went. But they weren't, they weren't intent. The, the bit that I saw, I didn't see all the guests arriving. I only saw the bit sat down at reception. Um, and her little boys, one of them was meant to give a little speech and he burst into tears. He couldn't cope with it all. Hmm. Um, were they little children? Mm-hmm. They don't understand what it didn't. is, do no, they? No, and they burst into tears. But I'm not quite sure I would sit and watch a funeral. No. Although will, saying then. that, I watched Princess Diana, but that's a totally different thing. They said it's going to be like Princess Diana. Can't quite see that myself. Can't quite see that. Uh, the other story that will annoy everyone in the paper today: uh, the Baby P disgraced boss Sharon Shoesmith is now fighting for a million pound compensation claim for sexual discrimination. Yeah, Having tried that. one, she's now trying the other one as well. It becomes more bizarre by the day, I'm afraid. That's just about it. And well done, incidentally, to a paperboy who's won £4 million after quitting his round to become a full-time poker player. <laughs> However, for every person who makes £4 million, there's about £4 million who lose £4 million. Yeah, so true. that's just about it. Yeah. Susan, thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. Next week, uh, Susan will be uh, coming to us live from Oban. Yes. Which would be nice, actually. <laughs> Never done a program live from Oban before, so that would be very nice indeed. Thank you very much indeed for that. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can learn how to podcast and download the programmes. Don't forget, it was um, Alison Steadman who was in our In Conversation studio this week, so you can go and download that as well. If you go to YouTube, type in Steve Allen Snow Leopard, and there's lots there on the Cat Survival Trust. Wish you a very, very pleasant day. Hope the weather is nice. It looks promising already. And Nick's with you after the news, which is next on LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3.